0: CBS Monday. NCIS! Here's where we can see them! NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent, island we got here. Walking paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 Central on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.
1: make sure to hit record this time i did good we're actually live right now yeah welcome everyone back (laughs) to the podcast of champions i'm david woods Bruin report online the ucla site on the 24 7 sports network and i'm bitter i'm bitter because i had to set up this show this week it wasn't enjoyable i didn't enjoy it
2: something i do twice a week Eh. and you did it once because i was at a laker game uh but i'm ryan abraham from uscfootball.com uh the usc site on the 24 7 sports network and can you tell it's like senioritis, like it's getting towards the end. The We're tired. Sh- the two show a week thing, not getting paid is sort of like, <laughs> why are we doing this? Like, Why are we doing this? I, I don't know, but it's still kind of cool, but maybe it's not. I David do one thing and now he's just bitching and
1: moaning. That's not entirely true. Yeah. He's like, I, I had, had to do I a re- couple of things. <laughs> so I had to set up this show last night, last night. Yeah. Because this Joker is at a Laker game. And for once, I'm the one coordinating the time of the show. I'm like, hey, you want to do it tomorrow morning or are you spearfishing? And he acknowledged he was not spearfishing spear or fishing. sword fishing. I asked if it was sword fishing first. <laughs> no. uh, <With> the sw- <laughs> <swash>. <laughs> Just stab. <laughs> Look, I would respect that. Uh, but no, he's at a Laker game and he says, hey, not only did you have to coordinate the show, but can you set up the video? Uh, the last time I attempted to set up the video, I pretty much deleted our channel. Uh so I did so. Then this morning he has the nerve, the absolute nerve for me to put the pics in to the document. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Got to do that. Ridiculous. The stuff I do every week.
2: Uh Matthew wants to know um oh I'm sorry. This is uh oh the wrong one. He, he uh, stares at logo did Ryan wear a hat more often in the past? I might is it, I guess I'm in the let me see what the logos like yeah i have a hat in there
1: i have a much bigger beard yeah you had a bigger beard did i wear a hat a lot i think you did you used to be more of a hat guy uh west
2: texas mike what happened to all the youtube commercial money
1: it's yeah. sitting in an account we need to set up uh how to uh take it out it's it, like it's approximately like 250 dollars. right
2: um <laughs> plus you cheapos haven't super chatted us
1: where's know? our super chats yeah get some super, super chats. chats
2: come on you have 100 bucks sitting around just super chat it to just us freeloaders. that's great Um, Amy says big 12 dropped their schedule yesterday. Uh, yeah. So Utah's playing BYU all the time. I did. I did uh, pull that up as one of our notes we could do, but, um, yeah, that's fun. We still have to figure out what we're going to do going forward. And it might be like, Hey, let's talk about the ACC schedule release with Cal going to Boston college or whatever. (laughs) Um, but it's cool that Utah and BYU are playing, uh, every week. But somehow we got derailed because Dave had to do a little bit of work. And so that just, he had to like stop the show for that. But anyway, wow. Yeah. Wow. Just a little bit of work for David. Pactopodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can call or text us at 424 532 678. We got a couple of voicemails. Zodiac Killer called back, David. I feel like, you know, it's, it's, you know, serial killers like go dormant for a while and then they come back. I'm worried. I think I definitely lock your doors. Like there's something yep. going on. I mean, hit this much activity, uh, there could be something going on there with the Zodiac Killer. Uh, at Pac-12 Podcast is our Twitter account and the website is pac12podcast.com. Maybe David can update the uh, website and uh, yeah, that'd be good. I'll let him do that today. Um, yeah. And the Apple Podcasting app, uh, you got to leave us a five-star review. Duh, because that's what we we ask for um should we give you a give away something if you give a five-star review we could we could do that um yeah we have some new ones we gotta check with jockey yeah uh i don't know what's jockey gonna do because the pac-12 going away so I, I, I need to reach out to my jockey guy
1: we have some new ones oh what's oh what do we got uh this is a five-star review from jared max hey jared it's as if napoleon dynamite had a podcast occasional curse words followed by ranking and re-ranking the pac-12's most sexiest football coaches One of the hosts has a beard, the other can't grow one. They don't know a ton about football, but the effort is there. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. They have done a great (laughs) job getting the six Stanford fans to listen to the show. Mm. I only listen to this podcast on days my wife yells at me for not taking out the garbage. And when Dave gives a history lesson on 13th century colonialism. I'll probably stop listening when Jake Browning runs out of eligibility in the next couple of seasons. Mm. Thank you, Jared. I like that, Jared. This is from 4 Emmett, five stars. Uh, Good times. Dave Woods, I'm convinced, is a world-class analyst. He's as good as Herb Street. He should be hired by a team as a consultant. He is smart. Or by a major network to offer analysis. He makes the rest of us look dull by comparison. No knock on Ryan, who is cool. But Woods is like a physicist analyzing football. Oh. That feels like it was dipped in an entire vat of sarcasm. <laughs>
2: The history major's physicist guy? I don't know. Just like, like, like it's immersed.
1: <laughs> it has become encased. Anyway, beautifully done for Emmett. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the reviews. Those are great. Yes. Um,
2: we do get – they they consistently get reviews. How often do you get them on the broadcast? Like,
1: I don't ask for them. Uh, we kind of get them hit or miss. I don't you know? really look uh, there as much. Probably look and see. Um, wow, for Emmett went on there too. Damn. Nice for Emmett. He either really loves me or really hates me. I can't tell. Uh, I think he's into. It. Maybe. Yeah.
2: Um. What Carlos? You know, I'm just going to put this up here because why not? Because we don't have any uh, sort of <laughs> structure. Uh, I've got a question. Who's got more a more deceiving record? ASU's two and six or Utah's six and two? ASU's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. They're better say. than two and six right now. Right. Is Utah worse than six and two?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I, yeah, I think they're
2: they're in that range, but yeah, yeah. I think ASU is definitely more deceiving. But thank you for that one. I, I
1: think six and two for Utah is reflective of what they've done so far. I'm not sure if it's necessarily predictive because of the accumulation of injuries. Right. ASU at two and six. I don't think is reflective of what they've done so far. Should I have started the recording for a thing? No, just, I'm kidding. We're doing. It. I, I I I'd leap. I would just have this. you
2: do it. You know, you could download it. at your leisure and. Uh, and uh, put the podcast up. Yeah, there's all this. So this is a you. problem.
1: So Relic put put up a comment, which I think is important. Ryan threatened to reduce the POC podcast to one day a week next year. We, the people, will riot in the streets, let it be known. So here's the problem. We have now opened up the door of two shows a week. We didn't previously do this. The last we time did. we did this was 2015. We That's did, the last time we yes, did this? We did not do two shows a week in any point since then. 2015? Yes. Uh, and now we've reopened that door I don't think we can close it again. The, the conference is dead. Like but people we, are paying us so much money <laughs> for two we, shows a week. We need
2: Okay, if there's Super Chats, two shows a week. If there's no Super Chats, there's two shows a week.
1: Yeah, no, we're going to have to be like one of those shows that puts like one of the episodes every week behind a Patreon. I hate that. Yeah, but it works. Does, it's does like it work? The, it's like the model that works. Does it really work? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Know. I've just not embraced the whole Patreon thing. It's just nice to get money.
2: No, it is. But we like money. Right. Yeah. Um it's got what plants crave. They can go to Laker games and yep. stuff. It's fun. Uh do you want to talk about the uh Big Ten, Big Twelve schedule matrix? It's freaking huge. They they did more than like the you know, they're they're going out through twenty twenty seven. Yeah. Um, but they're I you know, I do like that Colorado and Utah are not like made to be rivals anymore. Utah yeah. gets BYU, which is cool. Um you know Arizona Arizona State get to stay rivals anything kind of stand out to you from that i mean it's well, like who
1: a, is colorado's rival
2: i don't think they i don't think they have one okay i think there's like only a few rivalries if i'm
1: yeah so uh, asu and arizona still play every year uh and utah and byu will play every year i mean it, look i mean it's what we have been saying that i think utah's going to run that conference in a lot of ways and i don't see any reason from the schedule release why that won't be the case yeah it uh
2: they look like they you know they keep going. Um, what was it? Arizona State was it the Arizona State president that made the comment about? You know they don't want to go to Morgantown. I guess they don't have to until like twenty twenty seven or something. So it's like,
1: it's like it's a way they out took there. his wishes into account.
2: But it's a lot. This is like one of those Andrew eye charts. Like yeah, like no, I, I
1: I can't make heads or tails of it. Uh, but
2: yeah, I mean, it feels the ACC one felt weirder than this because it's sort of like this kind of makes more sense. You know, like Colorado was in the big 12 uh, Utah and BYU get reunited. The Arizona schools are together. Yeah. Like it's great that Cal and Stanford are together, but you're like joined at the hip with SMU, which is like zero connection whatsoever. It's like you're, it's your, you're on a, like a, your foreign exchange thing. And like, there's only three Americans there. And like two of you are from California. And one of them is from like Alabama. And you're like, okay, you guys must know each other. Like, no, like we don't know each other at all. Um, hmm. so they're just sort of paired together and they're all going to play each other. It just, that just feel like this was shoehorned in. Like I, that looks like one of those ones where like a, a half a year into it, you're gonna be like, no, this was a bad idea. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah, like, but- okay, this can't work. Um, but this, the big 12 one seems like it'll work, you know? Um, yeah.
1: Big 12 is the only one that makes even like a slight bit of geographic sense too. Yeah. Um, so I think for a lot of reasons that makes More sense than even the Big Ten move or the ACC move.
2: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so there's a schedule out there. But it makes it, because this is for next year, like, we're just, usually we know the schedule for next year when you're almost to the end of the current schedule. Um, It just makes the whole Washington State, Oregon State situation that much more like, what the fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, what is going to happen? Like, there's lawsuits. We need to know what the hell's going on. This is late to find out for Cal and Stanford, and for you know the Arizona schools and Colorado and uh, and and in Utah. And we're not. We don't know Dick for Oregon <laughs> State, Washington State. So. Yeah, we're not going to know it for a while. I know this is. Uh, yeah, it's weird. But that's that's what that's where my mind goes to knowing that these schedules are coming out now and there's only two left that we don't know their schedule.
1: And, uh, that kind of makes it a little bit more real. Oh yeah. Super chat. West hey. Texas, Mike $5, a beautiful man. West Texas, Mike, uh, here's what he wrote. I understood this show to be a podcast of love. I fear these two will have completely morphed into Robert Tilton by the end of the football season. Mm. Great comment, uh, by West Texas, Mike truly, uh, I mean one of the Renaissance one movie. of the paragons of virtue of our time <laughs> um truly uh the kindest uh the smartest the wisest uh and obviously 10 out of 10 uh attractive yeah
2: he says that he so thanks for the super chat and then he followed it up with and yes just start a goddamn patreon um i don't know maybe we'll do that but that just seems like
1: it seems it seems hard i like being free that does not seem right. No. Uh, no, you 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 should have the opposite attitude. As like a capitalist? Yes. Um,
2: yeah, but this, I look at the, this to me has always been more about like marketing. Like, you know, so like when I do USC shows, like I'm marketing uscfootball.com. I have no problem with all that stuff being free. It's great. This just is like, I'm not really marketing my, my shit. I'm like, just kind of doing it for fun. So that's why it's kind of like, we do these shows and it's like, hey, uh, you know, are we really marketing ourselves or our sites or whatever? Like we try to market two four seven.
1: Oh, we've got another one from Rick uh Charbonnier. Are we gonna go with that? I think so. All right. Uh he says, Fine, uh Rick, uh you are precisely two times as smart, two times as wise, two <laughs> times as attractive as West <laughs> Texas Mike, who we already established. Was extremely extremely attractive, smart, attractive, smart nice. wise, a paragon of virtue. You are twice that. <laughs> 2x <laughs> thanks love Rick. you Rick <laughs> that's great all right
2: that's nice that's motivation that's are you, motivation. Are you motivated now yeah are you gonna write up does gonna, somebody want to be 2x Rick you gotta <laughs> are you gonna like write up your copy <laughs> um all right any other newsy stuff uh no we gotta do so uh what is this week week 10 coming up mm. week 10 mm. holy crap uh for survival pool. You were taking Washington State? Correct. Okay, because they play Stanford. You're going to take anyone that plays Stanford. Dave set up really well. So if you guys are in there, make sure you enter your picks. Only if you're still alive, don't forget to enter your picks. Unless you're Dave, you can forget. I don't care. Um, but anyone else, we want to, you know, because there's going to be some potential amazing prize at the end of this. Uh, we'll see. We just don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. Um, yeah, we already did our power rankings from before. We're going to preview uh, the games as they come. And all the games this week, again, are on Saturday. We got some Pac-12 network games, but we got some ABC and ESPN and stuff like that. So we'll get to uh, all of that. I don't think you put the uh, network for the Arizona-UCLA game, by the way, if you want to add that in there. But um, first up, the morning game, we're going to go with...
1: Arizona State Sun Devils. (laughs) On the road, taking on number 18, Utah Utes. 11 a.m., a true morning game on the Pac-12 network. The resurgent Arizona State Sun Devils Mm. uh, going on the road to face number 18, Utah, fresh off of a blowout home loss to Oregon. Uh, Utah is an 11-point favorite at home. Yeah. Um, This is a tricky one for me. It is tricky. So ASU, aside from the USC game where it turned into a semi-blowout at the end when they just kind of lost steam, have played a lot of competitive games, including some competitive games on the road. They played a very competitive game on the road against Washington just a couple of weeks ago. Utah, uh, you know, what... What do we know? Um, they, they've they got a pig farmer at quarterback. Yep. Uh, their defense without uh, Barton uh, was not as good against Oregon. ASU is not Oregon. They're not going to stress a defense the way uh, Oregon did. They do have Denny Killingham. They do have Denny Killingham. So there's some Oregon there's, residue. There is some residue of Oregon. There's some goo. There's some goo. Some little Oregon goo inside of ASU's program. Um, defensively though they've been sharp lately Um, they beat Washington State pretty good at home last week Yeah, looked pretty good doing it 11 points is too many I'm taking the Arizona State Sun Devils yeah
2: I'm with you on this one uh, Dr. David and I think Utah's going to bounce back they're not going to have the uh, sort of disappointing performance that they did last week but I'm not saying like the wheels are coming off, but it just felt it felt like things sort of came back to kind of to reality a little bit. And Oregon's just really good; they're playing at a high level right now. And Utah couldn't hang, and I don't think it was as close. It was a 29-point loss. It wasn't really that close, yeah. you know. ASU is playing better, so I could see this being a seven-point Utah win. You know, I feel like they go in there. Arizona State's going to play well. Moral victory. You know territory, I'm. It's yeah. Utah could blow them out, but this is a lot. Uh, these big point spreads in the late last few weeks, it's just been like taking the points has been the right move. There's some situations where you're like okay, but even like last week with UCLA, like UCLA played. I mean, they had the four turnovers. Like it, they should have covered that spread for the. But it, I think those are few and far between. But even that, like, okay, UCLA looked like they should have won, and they still didn't cover the spread. It's hard to cover these big spreads sometimes. So I think with it's a lot of points. ASU's playing better. Like we just like we mentioned earlier, I think from Carlos's um, little blurb there, that they just don't look like a two and six team. Um, I think Utah looks like a six and two team, but that's just a lot of points to be at home. So I think Utah wins, but I'll take those 11 points. And, uh, a little notes from the Pac-12. ASU is looking to win consecutive conference games for the first time since 2021. Uh, and then Utah, I don't know if you knew this, David, uh, the uh, college football playoff rankings came out. I guess we could go over that. Um, so they've been ranked in 42 of the college football playoff ranking polls, which is the most of any Pac-12 team. Mm. We didn't mention that the, the rankings. Do you? Are you cool with like Washington being five, uh and uh Oregon being six and then having a bunch of Pac twelve teams and the and the teens there like kind of grouped together?
1: Yeah, I mean I think they're uh I mean I, I think it's fair enough. Um w- what I'd wonder is if Washington had continued its level of play after the Oregon game, um they still won the games, but if they'd continued their level of play, would they have been higher? Right. Or was yeah. this always destined to be fifth just because of trash rankings from um uh, you know the committee i mean it'll be decided on its own because michigan and ohio state are more than likely going to well they're going to play um and that'll decide who's going to represent the east and you know the big 10 championship but um yeah i mean it's it's fine but i mean like the the pack 12 generally is still very highly you yes. know represented it's just the top of it I mean, I I think everyone's making the argument, and I kind of agree that Oregon is probably the more likely representative at this point. That a rematch would likely favor them. They're playing better, yeah. Um, But both those teams have a claim, and I I think the you know I think the the overall strength of the Pac-12 should reward a team that you know if ever there was a year where like a potential two-loss champ has a chance, um, this would be one of those years. Um, So, and I don't know if the, the way the, the season's going to shake out is going to work like that, but um, Pac-12 is really strong. Really, really strong.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, there's still some really good games like Florida state doesn't have a lot left on their schedule. Um, You know, one of the Ohio state's Michigan's will probably come out. So, I mean, I don't, I I feel pretty strongly that a Pac-12 team's going to get in there. Um, But the way Oregon's playing, they look like they'd be the team, but Washington's five, Oregon six. Um, Oregon State is uh, the next tier at 16. Utah's coming in at 18,
1: UCLA at 19, and USC at uh, 20. So, so the important so. thing is uh, what Oregon and Washington have to root for is after they beat the shit out of USC that USC beats UCLA to sneak back into the rankings. Oh, to so get USC back in the rankings. Yeah, yeah. they're going to need that. Right. Well, yeah, we'll see.
2: I mean, I feel like... You're going to get credit for beating UCLA, USC, you know, Oregon. I mean, uh, Utah. Like, there's games coming up for for these schools, um, but I don't know. We'll see how that. I goes.
1: mean, my but, big thing is um, if USC wins out, right? We all want to see an Alex Grinch defense <laughs> having a chance, having an opportunity in the playoff, right? If, if they
2: win out, the defense must have played better because I don't know.
1: You can't see, you can't see a shootout. Come on, man. that could be shootouts. Yeah, yeah. we got to see that. I yeah. want to see Alex Grinch's defense going up against Georgia. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. I think anybody playing Georgia, like they just look really good. Yeah, they're gonna play,
2: um, Missouri. Even though the SEC was kind of down, then like other teams sort of sneak in. Like, oh, Missouri's number thirteen at you know seven and one or eight and one or wherever they are. Uh, yeah, they're just gonna get curb stomped by Georgia this weekend. Yeah. Um, Okay, next game, uh, another Pac-12 network game. We've got California Golden Bears. (laughs) Heading
1: up to play
2: Oregon Ducks. The number six Oregon
1: Ducks. 2.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Cal, robust Cal, Cal that nearly toppled the mighty USC last weekend uh, traveling to number six Oregon. Oregon is a 24 and a half point favorite. Oregon uh beat Utah by how many points on the road last week? Twenty-nine? Twenty-nine, yeah. Yeah. Thirty-five or- six. Utah, famously bad defense, right? No. Oh. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Well, Oregon surely, I mean, they haven't blown out a lot of teams this year, right? Particularly bad teams. Let's see. Let's just let's just take a gander here. <laughs> okay. Okay, they beat Portland State by seventy-four. They beat Hawaii by 45. They beat Colorado by 38. Stanford by 38. Washington State by 14. Do we think Cal is closer to Washington State or Colorado and Stanford? Uh, Colorado and Stanford for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You going you to take the – Give me those ducks. Uh, I, I think Cal um, – Look, anybody can score on an Alex Grinch defense. You and I, nine friends. Wait, we I thought can you score. said it was really good he is really good don't get me wrong uh but uh you know he's just he's just let down by his players i think at this point um mm. so cal you know being able to score 49 on that defense that's just you know that's just a reflection of their talent um but oregon's a different beast uh oregon i think defensively they're fine to good and offensively, they're a buzzsaw. So, uh, yeah, Justin Wilcox, sorry about your season. Um, you're going to have another big-time L this weekend.
2: I think they the Cal gets the L, but there's so many points, David.
1: Like, mm-hmm. It is a lot of points. It's a lot is of points a, that they're going to cover.
2: Well, they could. Um, mm-hmm. They go on the road, big emotional game,
1: game day, beat the snot out of Utah. I feel like you are like – uh, besides this past USC game, you are like 0 for on Cal this year. I uh, had Cal. Yeah, I've been bad with Cal. Yeah. Because you could, keep getting sucked in on the offense, and then it turns out the offense actually does suck. It just takes advantage of bad defenses. They do score points. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes. They, they scored a lot on Oregon State. They scored 10 against Auburn. True. This is tough, though. They scored like, I don't know, they scored 32 at Washington and like, I don't know, 32 of them came in junk time. Not all of the junk time. Uh Oregon's got they had Utah on the road. They got USC coming to town next week. Uh-huh. Little look ahead. I'm feeling good. I'm up I'm up a I'm up a game on you now. This will be good. Okay. This will be another Give game. Give me Cal. On, yeah.
2: Give me the uh sturdy Golden yeah. Bears. Okay. Good. good. Uh Keep it somewhat close. Mm-hmm. Like lose by three touchdowns, you cover. I feel pretty. good. They're going to lose by about eight touchdowns. Cal it's be like Portland State again. <laughs> the forty-nine points scored last week versus USC are the most in program history in a game that they lost. So man, they're just they're a scoring machine. And uh, Oregon, the nine sacks allowed by Oregon over the past two seasons are the fewest allowed of any FBS team in that time period. Mm-hmm. So even with the rebuild offensive line. Still not allowing sacks. Pretty, yep. pretty impressive by the Ducks.
1: Yep. My big thing is <clears throat> I'm I'm actually like, look, would it have been funny for Cal to beat USC last week? Yes. But do I have $100 on Cal's uh, season under of five and a half wins? Also, yes. So <laughs> that was a big loss for me. Um, if they'd gotten that win, I think they would have been favored to go six and six. Now it's looking... So wait, you four have four and eight, five, and seven. So you have the seven. under? I have the under on five and a half.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So that. So you needed that loss. I needed that
1: loss. That okay. loss helped. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh this is a pretty big one. We got number
1: five. Washington Huskies.
2: <laughs> coming uh,
1: to LA to take on number 20. USC Trojans. All right, this game is at 4.30 p.m. on ABC. Number five, Washington, traveling to number 20, USC. USC is only a three-point home dog. <laughs> only three. Only three. Um, Right. So Washington has been a little bit a dookie of its own of late. How- not a dookie. However, mm-hmm. they're not losing games. Right. True. Uh, they so Washington is still uh, the number seven team in the country according to SB Plus. Uh, they beat Oregon, then they beat Arizona State, fifteen to seven at home, and then they had some trouble with Stanford, beat them forty-two to thirty-three on the road. Um, USC has a uh, how would we describe their defense? Uh, poopy. Non-existent. Poopy, poopy diaper. Exists only in theory. <laughs> a Theoretical construct, an academic construct. Uh, offensively, uh, they've sputtered also of late. Um, I think it's going to be something akin to a shootout. Uh, I think both teams are going to be able to score. However, I do think Washington, you know, here's the thing that you have to remember about a team that just played its main rival and then had two shitty games on the schedule coming up. Those are both major letdown opportunities, and they did let down, but not enough to actually lose. What kind of team is going to have their focus? Number 20 USC on the road on national television on, uh, you know, big game day Saturday. So Washington's going to win this, um, and it's not going to be by three. I think they're going to win, like, a don't know, 45-35, something like that. Uh, but they're going to win and cover. I could see that.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely taking Washington in this one um, until USC shows that they can play to that potential, play to the good that um, Lincoln Riley talked about. I'm definitely not. I'm two for two picking against USC the last two weeks. They've been terrible covering the spread. Easy choice to uh, not take uh, the Chargers. They give up a a ridiculous number of plays of 20 yards or more 55 plays this year of 20 yards or more for comparison. Do you know how many UCLA plays have gone for 20 yards or more, David? How many 18. Mm. So that's a huge difference. Mm. Um, Lincoln Riley's talked about just being like five or 10 plays away during a game. They, and I'm the going to,
1: USC just has to upgrade its talent level. They just don't have mm. as much talent as UCLA does. They, uh, <laughs> they've clearly true. been recruiting at a lesser level over the last, I don't know, Forever, probably. Yeah.
2: Seems like that's a the thing. They've got better stops. Um they got some pretty good stops against Cal, but they just when they don't get a stop, it's like a touchdown. You know what a weird stat from you know how many points USC scored on Cal? How many? I mean half a hundred. They scored fifty. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, getting the ball at the five yard line or whatever. They punted 7 times still. Mm-hmm. They scored 50 points and with 7 punts. Like that's crazy. There's just a lot of possessions. I think this one this game will have a lot of possessions too. So there'll be some like cool stops, some turnovers, but I feel like Washington when they don't get stopped, they're going to score points. And uh that's what USC's been really bad at is is kind of getting the little, you know, you get a big win, you get a big stop, you get a turnover or something, but when you don't, it's a it's always points.
1: Charles uh Pettigine. Uh he has super chatted us. Oh, nice. A So he is approximately uh thirty nine point nine percent as attractive, smart, handsome, um, wise, uh as West of West Texas Mike? As West Texas Mike. Yeah. West Texas Mike is the gold standard. Uh you are all judged on a scale of West Texas mics. So you are approximately forty percent <laughs> of a West Texas Mike. And that is great. So few can be any percentage of West Texas, Mike. You, sir, Charles, are a uh, are, are, are a credit. Is he to, trolling you, too? For a Snickers? Yeah, because you don't like Snickers. Oh, no. I think just, you know, that's the price of a Snickers. Also, isn't that crazy? Uh, candy inflation? It, yeah. Used to be 50 cents, man. What happened to that? Dude, when I was a kid, quarter. Wow. I'm older. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Candy inflation. It's bullshit. Um, but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we're both on. I don't know how to pronounce his name, Charles. Please let us know. I don't want to fuck it up. You already did. Yeah. Um, Petit Jean. Petit Jean. Petit Jean. The Petit Jean. <laughs> right. Is he French? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, that's a that's a definitely a French name. So we have Pack. It's Small
2: John, right? Pack twelve network. Pack twelve network. ABC. We're back
1: to the Pack twelve network. Is he Charles Little John? Uh, I don't know. You can see. What is the etymology of your name, Charles? got going to ask it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We've got Stanford Cardinal. <laughs> going on the road to take on Washington State Cougars. Yeah. Uh, this is a 6 p.m. or on the Pac-12 Network. I'm sure everyone will be tuning in for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanford <laughs> traveling to Washington State. Uh, Washington State is a 13-point home favorite so here's my issue yeah Uh, Stanford I won't go so far as to say they've been playing better football of late uh, because they did um, throw a blowout loss into into UCLA into the middle of uh, their slightly improved play against Colorado and Washington but they have shown a pulse yeah like they've shown like uh, okay they can move the ball a little bit Ashton Daniels can put together some good performances And I'm not entirely sure Washington State is still a working and functional football team. Right. Uh, They've had major issues uh, in the last four games. Uh, UCLA broke them in some ways. Broke. Give gave a a plan for how to attack them, and they haven't been able to adjust against it. Um, You know, they looked like semi respectable for the first half against Oregon. Then it turned into a semi blowout. Uh, ASU put it to them um and now they've got to do it against Stanford now Stanford I think is the worst team in the league this year um but even said saying that they they would have been the 10th team in the league last year ninth they're better they're better than the bottom of the league last last year they' yeah. they've got a pulse uh too many points I'm gonna take Stanford um I think they're gonna cover this uh I think they still lose I mean I think this will be Washington State getting off the mat a little bit but yeah. I don't think. I think they've got good enough coaches that they're going to be able to see what other teams have done defensively to Washington State and do the same thing. And I mean, are you expecting Washington State to score more than 27 that they scored against ASU last week? I'm not.
2: No. And I feel like Stanford can kind of scratch their way. Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable about picking Stanford to win, but I feel, again, it's a lot of points. Could Stanford go on the road and, and win this game? Yes. Like, He's getting that many points. There's just so many weird things that can happen that yep. Washington State wins and it's by two points or by eight points or by ten points and you're still covering. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna agree with you and uh take the Cardinal here on the road uh for Stanford. This is the first time or for the first time in program history they've allowed forty plus points in four straight games. Does that make you feel better about your pick? Yes. Really? <laughs> Doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> um, maybe this'll make you feel better. Well, I don't know, maybe it could be bounced back. Washington State, the last two seasons, they've combined for one and seven in October. Ooh. Yeah, they were bad in October. Ooh. Do you think that you know Halloween's gone? They're starting to put up their Christmas decorations and now they're gonna play better? I don't know. But yeah, Stanford's been getting up a crap ton of points, but Washington State has been poop poop pee pee, not so good. So we'll both take
1: poo and pee pee.
2: Yeah, we'll both take uh, the Stanford Cardinal. All right, we got number sixteen, Oregon State Beavers, and uh, they're on the road
1: taking on Colorado Buffaloes. 7 p.m. on ESPN number sixteen, Oregon State at Colorado. Colorado's a 13 and a half point home dog. Mm. Uh I'm having a tough time with this one because really? Oregon State has reliably blown out some mediocre teams this year. True. But and they're great on the road, right? Yeah, but on the road, <laughs> they've been uh kind of butt. Kind of asshole. Yeah. Uh they played a pretty close and competitive game with Cal cal uh and won by 12 but it really shouldn't have been that much they lost arizona last week uh they lost on the road at washington state which is turning out to be a mediocre team a bad loss looks like bad loss um and now you know i mean san jose state they won by 25 but that's san jose state colorado i mean the book's out on them they're a bad defense and a bad rushing attack but they've got a borderline elite passing game. Yeah. You've got Shador Sanders, most accurate quarterback in the country, uh, throwing to a bunch of good receivers. So is that enough against Oregon State to keep keep it within two touchdowns? Because that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And I think it is. They're going to have the home crowd. Um, I think they're... So Colorado last week against UCLA, UCLA's defense was good enough to just basically wreck that offense. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Colorado's defense is opportunistic. They do force some turnovers. Um, And they do it in a way that like, I don't think is entirely luck. Like the way Travis Hunter diagnoses what a guy is, where a quarterback is looking, that's not luck. Um, He's making interceptions happen. Um, And they do target in a lot of ways, the ball when they're forcing fumbles from the safety spot. So I think there's going to be turnovers. And I think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit, passing it down the field. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if Colorado wins the game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than fourteen points.
2: I do too. Um, I'm with you on this one, taking the Buffs uh, again. Just there's a lot of points, and there's just so much variance in this. Like, I feel like Oregon State could come out and blow out Colorado, right? They could.
1: I mean, I could see Jonathan Smith just like getting a ten point lead and sitting on it, though. That's the thing is
2: like, or it could be like a two touchdown game. And maybe Colorado, you know, inches back in, or it's like a 17 point game. And the backdoor cover is certainly in play. Like there's just a lot of ways I feel like Colorado could cover this spread and Oregon state gets sort of like a gutty win, uh, on the road. So just a lot of points. And, you know, we've seen, you know, the, the pack two last week took it on the chin, um, you know, I think the Pac-2 is going to get wins this week, but I don't like them to cover huge spreads uh, in both games. So taking Stanford over Washington State, I'll take Colorado over Oregon State. And, uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like, you know, there's been a couple games that Dion got blown out, right? Like the Oregon game. Um, but I feel like at home, they, you know, th- there was a disappointing loss to Stanford, but the games have all been close, right? At least like their home games, I believe. Um, so yeah I' I feel pretty confident in this one just like it's a lot of points it's probably gonna be a close game it's probably going to be Osu winning but uh I don't think they're gonna cover right all right we should pull up their schedule real quick I want to see what their home like margin of victory you can pull Oregon up, uh, State
1: Colorado's Colorado yeah uh let me see one second we'll do that all right so Colorado uh they have played. One, two, three, four home games. They beat Nebraska by twenty-two. They beat Colorado State by eight. They lost to USC by seven, and they lost to Stanford by three.
2: Yeah. So I mean, it's they've either won or it's been close. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't think they're gonna play bad like no. that bad at home. No. And Oregon State's not that great on the road, so. I see Oregon State winning, just not covering. They've had one blowout loss this year, and it was to Oregon. Oregon, okay. On the road. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, this is a weird line. So, uh, I feel pretty good about this one. All right, our last one. We got number 19. UCLA Bruins. Uh, on the road taking on unranked, but should be.
1: Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, so UCLA. Uh, this is the 7.30 p.m. game, FS1, number 19 UCLA, traveling to Arizona. Arizona is a three-point home dog. Um, Yeah, so here's the best way to understand this game. Uh, Arizona's a lot better than they were projected to be preseason. Uh, their offense has been gangbusters, but the main thing is that their defense has gone from what was preseason, expected to be absolutely god-awful, horrible, to pretty average slightly above average maybe um i think people are getting a little out over their skis calling it a good defense a quote good defense but what it is is it's a very effective bend but don't break defense they allow a lot of efficiency they're pretty good at knuckling up in the red zone and keeping you from scoring um so it's uh it's an it's a defense that ucla with its kind of I struggle to call it an efficiency-based offense. It's more of a grinding offense where they can just kind of run Carson Steele for three and four-yard chunks constantly and constantly. Um, But it should match up fairly well in uh, taking advantage of what Arizona does poorly, which is allowing you to drive. Um, But UCLA's offense hasn't been super explosive, especially without Dante Moore. Um, And I think once it gets to the red zone, you're going to see Arizona being able to stiff this uh this ucla offense and i think that's the name of it for ucla is they can't settle for field goals in this game they're going to have to go for touchdowns because on the other side arizona is fairly similar to oregon state in terms of the balance they can bring to the table they they can pass the ball and they can run the ball and that's the one offense that's given this ucla defense trouble is oregon state um and i think For that same reason, I think Arizona is going to be able to move the ball and score. It's not going to be the dominant effort that UCO had against Colorado because they're not going to be able to cheat. You know, Against Colorado, you can rush three or four and drop eight, drop seven, and still get a pass rush because their offensive line is so bad. Arizona's offensive line isn't bad. It's probably one of the top three or four in the league. Uh, And so they're going to have to commit numbers if they want to get pressure on Fafita. They're going to have to commit numbers if they want to stop this running game. That's going to leave a lot of man coverage on the backside. They've got some really good receivers too. I mean, between McMillan, Cowing, uh, McLaughlin, so all that adds up to yes. Will UCLA's defense get some stops? Sure, totally. It's not going to be a bad game. They'll they'll probably hold Arizona under its averages to some extent, but Arizona is going to score, and UCLA is going to have to score in response and that's where it gets a little bit devils in the details because this is a grinding offense, but going against a team that's pretty good at getting stiff in the red zone. So, all that to say, I think Arizona wins the game. Um, so they'll cover. All right, I love all the announcements. I am one in six this year picking UCLA. So
2: I'm picking UCLA against the I got to go opposite Dave, so I'm taking UCLA. The problem is, I think Arizona is like. 7 and 1 against the spread, like they they cover. Like whatever the spread is, Arizona covers. Now maybe Vegas is kind of catching up to Arizona a little bit, so that's going to be a little more difficult to do. They weren't getting the the credit that was due of them, like they were a better team. Um but they've been covering spreads. So I have to weigh Arizona's like auto cover versus Dave's auto disaster whenever mm-hmm. he picks. Yeah. UCLA. Yep. I went against the auto disaster last week because I felt like Dave's analysis was right spot on. What I didn't realize is it doesn't matter what his analysis is. It's going to be the opposite no matter what. Right. So obviously UCLA is going to score a lot in the red zone.
1: The more correct my analysis sounds, the more off my pick will be. UCLA is going to win in a blowout. Yeah. Obviously. So give me the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I feel good about that. Yeah.
2: Um like, lock it down. I'll, I'll write down that we've already.
1: Yeah, you should actually just say you're one and oh, and I'm oh, and one. <laughs> the best I can hope for is a tie. That's... Oh, Alan in St. Louis, who is exactly as handsome. Uh, no, that's exactly. Oh, it's it's Relic. What?
2: Oh, I thought no, you're, you're my thing is pulling up, it says Relic, but then
1: Alan in St. Louis.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm saying on my screen, it's it shows that it's re- from Relic, which is weird. The super chat. Yeah.
1: I've got it as Allen in St. Louis. I know. Um, for whatever
2: reason, like on my when it translates to the thing that puts We're, it up. We
1: are so sorry, uh, Allen in St. Louis, because I believe it's you. It says Allen in St. Louis, but it's like showing relics thing. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Can anyone help me haul a baby grand piano to the LA Coliseum this Saturday? No chatty cathys, please. The fewer questions, the better. Uh, I think Alan would like to drop a piano on I'm guessing Caitlin DeBoer's head. Probably, yeah. Probably. Um but Allen in St. Louis is, again, uh, as handsome, as much of a paragon of virtue, <laughs> as intelligent, as wise as a West Texas Mike. Very good.
2: Um, thank you, uh, Allen in St. Louis. We appreciate that. And uh, EVS says, I have very good reasoning on my pick to pick UCLA. So. It's the
1: best reasoning. It's the only reasoning that matters. Yes. I am.
2: I really wanted to pick Arizona, but
1: I. I am feel incredibly very- wrong at all things. <laughs> picking UCLA against the spread.
2: See, I just changed the philosophy. I picked against USC. It's working. Mm-hmm. Can you do? You can't do that because it goes back and forth with UCLA. No,
1: as I said, it's a it's a it's a theory of knowledge thing. Because am I the one influencing the behavior, or if it's not that, then at what point does my analysis stop and I go opposite, right? Yeah. Or has that become part of the analysis? Yes. And then am I going convin- And then am the I analysis. convincing myself, oh, wait, no, I actually think this. But do I actually think that? Who knows? Right? Yeah. Well, who can say what they actually think? Right? It's all influenced by so many other factors that, that brought you to that point. Hmm. And one of the factors that might have brought me to this point at this point is the fact that I'm 1-6 and six against the spread on UCLA games.
2: So UCLA, going to win the game. We know it now. Uh, okay. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll do some questions. Back in a minute, everybody.
1: This is Sandra Odetta from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and attacking third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. Women's National Team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winner transfer window, the women's super league, the UEFA women's champions league and elsewhere coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more attacking third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to attacking third. This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
2: All right, we're back here on the podcast of Champions. We teased it up top. Mm-hmm. Should we just go right to the Zodiac Killer?
1: Absolutely. I uh, think if we don't, there might be reprisals.
2: Definitely lock your doors and uh, prepare for what's usually funny and scary.
0: Hello, Ryan. Hello, Sith Lord Dave. That's right, it's me. The Resident Stanford fan. Well, well, I hear you guys, you boys are, are heading for greener pastures and you might need a, an ACC contributor to follow the Pac-12 diaspora and their new conferences next year. Well, consider this my audition tape. Welcome back to the diaspora. This is resident Stanford fan contributing from the nether reaches of the Atlantic Coast Conference, where this week... The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. In the name of love. One more in the name of love. Take on the Clemson Tigers. I only want to be with you. (laughs) In what used to be considered a premier college football game, but now the two lost Golden Domers are going to head into Clemson where Dabo and the boys are on the struggle bus. They are four and four, and Dabo is captaining that bus. This week, in fact, he got into a fight on a radio show with a caller. The kind of behavior usually a, usually reserved for an embattled coach in a, in a, I don't know, major metropolitan market who has a $13 million beach house in his second year and has the reigning Heisman Trophy, can, <laughs> Heisman trophy winner on his team exhibits. So what's going to happen this week? Who cares? Frankly, honestly, who gives a shit? But <laughs> Vegas does have the line at three and a half points. Uh, Notre Dame laying the three and a half points. Um, Dabo's offense is completely inept. And uh, just for all you Diaspora fans, it was not DJ Uyongwele's fault. Okay, this offense sucks. Ranked right around Boise State right now, uh, by according to Bill, the great Bill Conley. So what's going to happen this weekend? No one really cares, but uh, I'm going to go with Sam Hartman, the experienced transfer from Wake Forest. We're going to lay the points, Notre Dame all the way.
1: Keep it mediocre, boys.
2: What an audition. What an audition. Amy says his audition is spot on. Loving this. Nice.
1: He'll be our correspondent.
2: I Yeah, why not? Yeah. I don't really want to pay attention to that shit. <laughs> So I'd rather our re- foreign
1: correspondent <laughs> for
2: the Atlantic Coast conference there's like it's like turn into dateline like there's been a wave of murders through uh yeah Dur- through Durham Atlantic Durham Co- North Coast Carolina country uh uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina. Like what? What's the? What are these? Oh, these are all ACC towns. Like
1: okay. And, and Stanford played there. It'll be it so tough to narrow it down though, because there's so many traveling Stanford fans. Yes. Can you uh, imagine the amount of Stan- like
2: how many? Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. They could get like a luxury box. Like all the Stanford fans, you can go in this one luxury box here. Uh, at lovely um, in Tallahassee, we can yep. do that. Okay. Um, should we do a question? Yeah. I think we starts with Peter.
1: Uh um, right. Is that what it starts? Yeah, we did. I thought it... oh yeah, this text message. Got it. Yes. Hi, Ryan and David. A few questions. First, who is worse at their job? The UCLA locker room security or the Colorado offensive line? Ooh. Mm.
2: Yeah. So a bunch of uh Bruins stole crap from Colorado wow. people. What happened? What was it, wow. David?
1: Uh we're gonna, we're gonna describe this in the passive voice, thank you. Uh okay. a bunch of uh items Thugs. were stolen yeah. from the Colorado locker room. Mm. According to Fuggy Bruins. According to mm. according to yep. reports from the Colorado players. Okay. Uh now who can say who's responsible for such a uh deceitful act? Who can say?
2: I mean it's right there on the UCLA campus, right? Like, I'm sure that's where they play football. So it's gotta be
1: someone from UCLA. Now On the contrary, Mm -hmm. my good sir, uh, the Rose Bowl, where UCLA plays its home football games, is located approximately 20 miles from the UCLA campus proper. Is Pasadena like a
2: bad neighborhood?
1: Also, uh, if you have attended a UCLA game in the last eight years, which I have not, but if you have, uh, you'll note there are like 20,000 fans there who are actually UCLA fans. And then if it fills out with other people, they're just, you know, they're randoms from from the surrounding uh, surrounding communities. Okay. Uh or uh fans of the opposing team. So who can say with any certainty um who stole who you know, what, what what can we say? I know it wasn't you because you don't go to games. Right. But we can diagnose who's responsible for the Colorado offensive line. Okay. We can say uh they need better players that the Colorado offensive line is big old booty uh, people are getting on Deion Sanders for uh, calling, o- calling out his offensive line after the game and saying we're going to need to get new players. So there's there's two ways of thinking about this. One, he is absolutely correct. He is not wrong. But the other one is, um, isn't this team like 97% transfers that he brought in? Like it's one thing to be a first-year head coach and say, oh, you know, I inherited all this crap. It's the classic, these aren't my guys, basically. And they don't say that, but these aren't the guys I recruited. Yeah. Uh, but these are the guys who recruited. <laughs> and like These are these are the guys you brought in. You kicked out a bunch of offensive linemen and brought in these these dudes. And I agree, they're not very good. Uh, but, I mean, this is something people were identifying throughout the offseason, that these guys aren't good. Um, you know, there's arguments being made uh, throughout that I think are kind of compelling that you have to develop an offensive line because um, first uh, there's nothing more uh, at a premium on the market in the off season transfer portal than offensive line. Right. Like, I think even beyond very difficult to get Yeah. very, very, very difficult to get um, Colorado may be up there in terms of attractiveness, but still very difficult to get. And you're talking about, I mean, I watched that offensive line. They've got maybe one guy, That you'd want to keep. Um, It's bad. And the rest are not. So can't do that. All right. Hold on. We've got two more questions
2: here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Breaking news. So Matthew says, Dave, quote, not covering games is clearly a cover story. Don't believe it. And West Texas, Texas Mike. But did David David orchestrate the heist? Just for the hilarity of it. So I think they're onto something here that you are likely the most. I would say suspect number one, uh, not a purchaser of interest, an actual suspect in this heist.
1: That's a great point. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is a is a great point. Where was I, <laughs> I don't know. during the UCLA Colorado game? Not where you should be. <laughs> prove, <laughs> prove where I was. Yeah. I don't have an alibi. I I don't know. Was anyone with me? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a fair fair assessment. All right. Uh, next question from the same listener. Yes, we spent five minutes on that question. Second, what adjective best describes the Colorado offensive line? Poorly coached, non-existent, welcome doormat, something else. I'll, Ass. Yeah, I
2: go the doormat one too.
1: It's it's so bad. Um, they can't run block for what is a. I would say a decent enough collection of running backs. And they, their pass protection is going to get Shador Sanders really hurt if this keeps up. It was, it was very bad in that game. Um, and he apparently had to get an injection of sorts at halftime. Not good. No. Uh, finally, thoughts on Washington and Oregon making the playoffs if they both win out and Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship. Peter. No. I think that should happen. I don't think it will. I don't think it will, but it should. It'd be cool to like not
2: have a playoff team and then get two, but yeah, I, I feel the way this is going to play out. I mean,
1: what tough. would need to happen? Florida State would have to take a loss, which they don't play anybody, I don't think. Yeah, so any loss they take would be bad. Right. Uh, all right. So who does Florida State have left? Do, they still play a championship game, right? They do. Yeah. So they They'll got Miami up. at home. Miami could do it. Miami's kind of butt. Uh, Florida on the road, maybe. Florida's kind of butt too, but They're butt. you know these things can happen uh florida state when did the last play competitive game on the road at clemson clemson's not very good they only won that going by seven yeah they only beat boston college by two so i think florida state's capable of doing it and then who else needs to lose who's the other one besides michigan and ohio state uh georgia georgia (laughs) they're not gonna lose why are they not gonna lose they've been asked for a lot of the season when they play a team that has a pulse, they destroy them. They beat Vanderbilt by seventeen.
2: Right. When they, they play beat a team Auburn that, by seven, then when you play like oh rank Kentucky, beat okay, by but 100. Uh, w- but they're gonna like,
1: okay, when but,
2: they when it's like they have to play like a real team, they just blow them
1: out. I don't know. Tennessee could do it a couple weeks. Yeah, potentially. Anyway, uh, a couple things that I think need to break right, but it could happen. Okay, is that it for him? Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay.
2: Uh, we also have. Uh, text message, when Ken Norton Jr. was on USC staff years ago, he had a high profile, commonly televised on the sideline, exhorting his linebackers, and uh, considered a leader of SC's excellent recruiting staff. Back from the NFL, he's in his second year on UCLA's defensive staff, and he seems invisible, never glimpse on TV, and you don't hear about his recruiting efforts. Is he just... Uh, marking time under the head under a head coach that doesn't prioritize
1: recruiting and that's from kirk uh no i mean ken uh, i it's not the same thing as it was during what was that the Carroll years yeah it's not i mean that was a friggin' show um this is not so the profile is what it is he's also a much older guy now he's he's been
2: a NFL defensive coordinator. He was a, basically a grad assistant. Like Pete Carroll gave him his
1: first well, start. Well, he's in his 50s now and he was in his 30s then. I yeah, mean, it's just a different deal. Uh and then on top of that, um I think it's uh he 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 has recruited. He's probably the best recruiter on staff. Um linebacker recruiting he has not been, been a problem yeah. since he arrived. Gotcha. Um okay. Next up, we have another, another text, text message. No way, no way. Train is actually... I'm not going to do this like that. Uh, no way, no way. Train is actually Killingham's favorite band. Bro has big Durst energy. Energy. He's been donning the red ball cap and singing Nookie into his bathroom mirror since he was seven. And he's landed in the right place because ASU is the limp bizkit of the Pac-12. No. So he looks like he has Fred Durst energy. Like yeah. He looks like it with like the buzz and all that kind of stuff. I think that's, that's something he has cultivated is that look. However, I think he was showing us his true self with liking train. He's obviously a deeply emotional guy, um, but also uh, maybe crazy. And I think the combination <laughs> of deeply emotional and maybe crazy, you pick some like uh soft rock band from the late nineties as your favorite band. Okay. I like it. Uh, he's, he's just, he's still waiting to meet Virginia. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Closing time? No. No? No. Okay. Uh, Semi-sonic? He's not a semi-sonic guy? No. Okay. Uh, Let me play a voicemail for you.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, I saw a piece in the uh, Athletic by Ari Wasserman that was kind of talking about um, Lincoln Riley and how um, some stuff hasn't gone to plan. And one thing that he mentioned was um, that Lincoln Riley was kind of supposed to be the guy that would turn USC's fortunes around in recruiting. California, specifically modern day and how that really hasn't panned out and he's kind of made some comments that um, show that that might not be getting any better, might make the situation worse and so Ryan I was curious to see if you share the same sentiment or concerns or if you feel like that's a little overblown at the national level. I'm just kind of curious to see what, you, what your thoughts are on Lincoln Riley, what they recruiting and everything. Thanks guys. Uh,
2: thanks for the uh, voicemail perk. Um, I didn't read Uh, Ari's piece yet. Um, I know people were sort of talking about it. It's kind of like what you're on a precipitate. Like he's done some really good things already. Four and eight to 11 wins Heisman trophy. But is this the person that's going to like keep you at that level? Win multiple trophies, win conference championships and all that. I think that's sort of like where the, the jury's out. I think some of it is just that they, he raised the bar so much in year one if you flipped it and they were sort of like eight and four this year and then 11 wins in year two, then you're like, okay, that's like, but you don't want the trajectory to be like this high. And then you're like, okay, now you got to stay there and come back down. I think recruiting has been, uh, you know, an issue. And I don't think it's like him not trying to recruit. I think it's definitely a different landscape. And I think some of the USC stuff of like not getting involved in some of the recruiting tactics of, of, you know, modern college football now They've been really slow to adapt to that kind of stuff. And I don't know if they're going to change. We'll see. But I would, you know, I think as far as head coaches go, you know, he's someone that's young and they can figure it out. Um, I wouldn't make any kind of rash decisions like, nope, it's not going to work. You got to move on. I know some USC fans are doing that, but that's kind of my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if it doesn't if it doesn't um, uh, fix itself, uh, and I think that goes for USC's uh booster culture, administration, appreciation of booster culture, all that kind of stuff, then uh they're not gonna win at the level that when you commit 13 million dollars to a guy per year or whatever, um, it comes with a certain set of expectations and not just for the people providing the money right. um I think for fans, you know, when Lincoln Riley was hired, they're like, okay, we're gonna be competing for national titles regularly, like really competing for them too, by which I mean, Definitely making the playoff yeah. once every couple of years, like doing essentially what he was doing at Oklahoma. And if they don't provide the apparatus or he doesn't – some of this is on the head coach. You've yeah. you've got to push things, like um, especially when you're dealing with a bureaucratic culture. And I know USC has one. It's been called the country club culture at times, but UCLA has one. Uh, USC also has one. You've got to push those people. You've got to tell them, no, this is what I need and this is how it needs to happen. Um and that's the part where like a lot of the way he's talked this season, he just sounds so kind of exhausted by a lot of this shit that like embattled, like you were saying. Uh, embattled. Um that it's like, is that the guy who's gonna push it? You know? Um when Jim Morrow was at UCLA in twenty twelve, he was pissed a lot of the time. Like just, But like angry about the limitations put on stuff. Lincoln Riley kind of seems resigned in a lot of ways. Um, and so I think you've got to be kind of pissed off to push for this shit. Um, and maybe he'll get there. I mean, he's certainly getting angry at reporters for like talking to players. Um, so maybe he'll get there. But I think that's the part that's kind of missing there. You can't just like accept that. You know, It administrators, compliance, all that kind of stuff. You're not in an SEC school they're going to push back on you if you don't push hard. Yeah. You got to but you gotta leverage that. all of the different levers you can do. I mean, you've got powerful boosters who are probably willing to be pure bag men, who are going to like be willing to do that. But you gotta leverage that. You got to tell them, okay, I want this done. You got to do it in this way. Or, hey, the administration, look the other way, because we're going to do it this way. Um, and maybe we won't check every box. Yeah. But most schools aren't.
2: And I think it's similar with UCLA. Like USC and UCLA haven't gone out and got big name coaches. Like they have, you know, big time programs or they're in a you know big time city. When UCLA got Chip Kelly, like you really needed that to work because that was sort yep. of like it's not you weren't doing you've not done that before. You're not got you've not got the guy that other people wanted. A lot of people wanted Chip Kelly when UCLA hired him. It was a slow, you know, slow burn to get up there. We'll see. You know. They're looking a lot better. Um, but it's you know, it shouldn't have taken this long to build where they are now. This could have been like year two. UCLA could have had like a really good defense and like a pretty good offense. And but if you don't, if it doesn't work and UCLA has to get off of Chip Kelly, then it's kind of like, well, you're gonna are you gonna be able to go get the guy that other people want again? And it's the same thing. USC's not hired people that you know, Lincoln Riley, a lot of people would have hired. And USC was never hiring anyone that other people wanted it would be like you got that guy like why it's just because for usc it made sense but well in their mind but if that doesn't work you are like are you going to go out and try to get the guy that everybody wants um so i feel like you kind of have to make it work you know it's going to help UCLA if chip kelly works and then if he retires or something you go get somebody else that other people wanted like see that worked we're going to do it again as opposed to let's go back to hiring our friends (laughs) instead of you know
1: whatever yeah um we had another super chat Oh, oh, let me pull From it up From West there. Texas Mike. Hey, bud. So he has uh, affirmed, either reaffirmed that he is uh, uh, as attractive and as much of a paragon of virtue and as intelligent as, who was the $10 one? As oh. Rick. Yeah. Rick Charbonnier. Yeah. There's a lot of French names going on. What's going on here? I love it. Um, uh, He's affirmed that. Uh, he's also asked us another super chat to get you two to discuss and debate the degree of difficulty of each ACC team's future football schedule. So here's the thing: how do we refund money?
2: <laughs> no, like um, we appreciate it, but if you're going to ask us to do tasks, like we can compliment you for five bucks, but we ain't doing shit for five bucks. That's you know? true. So we're not doing some. We're not doing something like analyze the ACC schedule for five dollars.
1: That's a great point. Yeah.
2: this is still a (laughs) we work for cheap but not that cheap
1: (laughs) but thank you for the uh, but we could refine that if you would want this is from Fred in Sarasota okay a fitting end to a funny conference the Pac-12 will do a very Pac-12 thing to end its run USC will beat Washington this weekend then Oregon State will beat Oregon at the end of the year next Oregon will beat Washington in the Pac-12 title game all Pac-12 teams will then have two losses, and none will go to the 14 playoff, thus closing out 100 years of the conference with lesser bowl games and a whimper. I mean, eminently possible. It's like it's not like there's no way. There's very much a way that
2: could happen. So, yeah, way to bring it all down. Uh, <laughs> this one's.
1: <laughs> but I it, love that Fr- uh, Fred, uh, Fred in Sarasota, and also his counterpart never ask a question. It is always just it's like a statements. Statement. Yeah. statements. It's beautiful.
2: Um, exploring with Ben. Uh, let me put this up here. Exploring with Ben and Sam. YouTube should create a, quote, return to sender button on, <laughs> for Super Chats. Yeah, if you ask us to do something like analyze the ACC schedule, we, we have a correspondent for that. So we, we're not saying no. We're going to let the Zodiac Killer do that for us. <laughs> so he'll be doing that. We So Zodiac Killer, so if you want to call in. Try to keep it under a minute, or he can do whatever he wants. But, um, okay, who's this from? This is, uh, how would you pronounce the? Fuck a Yui. Fuck a Yui. Okay. Uh, hi. Hello, David. It's your pal, Fuck a Yui. Well, USC won 50 to 49. No, not in basketball, but USC gave up 49 to Jaden. Ought No, know he's running the ball. So that's supposed to be Jaden Ott. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a guy who somehow wasn't good enough to start but seems to be better than the other Cal quarterbacks. He's talking about Fernando Mendoza. Yes, he's way better. Mm-hmm. This is not like a pig farmer thing where a third-string guy, like you were the third-string guy because he sucks and the other guys got hurt.
1: Their third-string guy was better than— Fernando the... Mendoza has farmed no pigs in his life.
2: No, and he's better than the two guys yeah. that he was behind. That just shows poor coaching. Um, I just want you to talk about the sheer incompetence this year in officiating. The ref that called uh, Charcuterie Sanders for intentional grounding after watching the man get killed throughout the game was almost as good as Dennis Lynch being able to practice his field goals during halftime and miss it as, as if he had cerebral policy mid-kick and shanked it. Seems kind of brutal. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd ever say this. But I miss Mike, quote, dipshit mothershed. Uh, he was the autistic savant of the group, while these refs now have to wear helmets to keep from licking the bus windows. Your pal, uh, fuck you.
1: A lot of uh, very negative, mean spirited uh, bullshit. Things that like are not PC. Like, yeah, it's you not can't... even just not PC. It's uh, just. Mean spirited? Very mean spirited uh, yeah. dog shit. So, no. Uh, next up. We've got Mikey, uh, podcast of champions. What's up? Wait, hold on. Is this a real one? I don't know. No, no, it, it's it's dangerous. I was gonna say, youth called me. There's a big red banner on the top that says. It didn't this, show up for a second. This message seems dangerous. All right, this is from Mike in Oakland. I'm gonna move that to spam. Sign stealing. You say I'm bad at these.
2: That there's a damn banner that told you. Did you, you see spin. what that was from though?
1: No, I didn't see it. It was from the Believe Podcast Network, and they want to work with us. Oh, so maybe it's not spam. Well, it is. Uh, it's spam. We can't work with them. We're we're part of a different right, 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 entirely different network. Anyway, that's from Mike in Oakland. Sign stealing. Hello, Irv and Dave. So I'm Irv. You're Dave here. Oh, see, like my that? my middle name. Right. Again, yeah. my dominance display is, is assigning you my middle. Yeah, your, your, my first name to your middle name. I am seeking your wise take on something going on right now in collegiate football on which I don't believe you have opined. I do not see how Michigan's alleged sign stealing is a big deal for college football right now. Given the Wild West that is college sports, how can this be a priority? There are conferences collapsing over TV deals. Pay to play is not allowed. But there are kids 17 to 23 years old getting hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to play for a specific school. 501c3 organizations are being established for donors with deep pockets to make their gifts to their favorite players tax deductible. The leagues are lining up so that professional student-athletes will be crisscrossing the country from coast to coast to play while under the pretext of studying for a degree. Given the money that is being thrown at college football programs, is the NCAA really surprised by this activity, sign-stealing? Do they think sign-stealing is the issue they should really be focusing on right now? Maybe this is more of an issue for the press and the NCAA remains devoid of any activity, Thanks again. As always, go Cougs.
2: Okay, so this is not a press thing. There's – everyone cheats, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's holding on every play. But there's there's different ways you can hold, um, and there's different ways you can cheat. When you cheated, like when Arizona State brought in dudes during COVID, and it's basically like other schools aren't doing this. No, like they would love to do it, and they're not. And you do it, that's something. You can look over and steal signs, but when you're like to have this elaborate scheme where you're going to the Central Michigan Michigan State game in week one and dressing up as a, you know, Central Michigan staffer and filming what Michigan State's doing so you can use it five weeks later. That's I think that's where a lot of the coaches draw the line. This isn't a press thing. Like the the media wouldn't be talking about this if people didn't care. People do care, and I know some people don't. But Bruce Feldman did, you know, asked all these coaches and they're all like, this is a big deal. When a coach feels wronged, like there's cheating, like, okay, you you paid this guy money, whatever. He's like, oh, we could have paid him or we didn't pay that much. But when you feel wrong, like you're doing something like out, out of the realm of like sort of what's accepted behavior, this is not accepted behavior in the coaching world. That's why I think it's a big deal.
1: I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. And I think uh, the idea of it reinforces the uh, insane paranoia from all these coaches because they are not – I mean, in a way, they're an authority on the subject, but in a way, they're not because they all have uh, invariably some sort of psychosis. And usually, it's paranoia built on anxiety. But these are the guys who don't allow like people to watch their practices and shit because – Yes. Uh, you know, you like some – Some member of the media might be able to, like, uh, figure out how they're running their gap scheme and then write about it. Um, It doesn't matter.
2: You know, USC, like, we're down to, like, under seven minutes of viewing. Like, it's like nothing now.
1: Yeah, we get nine minutes on Wednesdays and 12 minutes the other two days of the week. Um, It's stupid. Uh, And so, yeah, okay, you want to say signals matter. I mean... I can distinctly remember Stanford running the exact same play up and down the field against UCLA and daring them to stop it, and they couldn't do it. And incidentally, that was a Stanford team coached by Jim Harbaugh. Now, people say, well, they wouldn't do it if they didn't get an advantage from it. And, like, that may be true, or it also might not be true, because these guys are crazy paranoid. (laughs) And they want to eke out whatever perceived advantage they can get, even if it isn't an actual advantage. Again... They don't open practices. Jim Mora installs an entire screen to block out Luskin hotel viewers uh, because they're crazy. Um, football is a very complicated game with a lot of different things going on. Uh, but fundamentally, the players need to do the thing that you're asking them to do. Yeah. Um, and it's you know assignment football. And yeah, there's sometimes where like, okay, we know this is a run play going to this side, so we're going to call a run blitz to that side. Um, but even still, the guy can audible at the line of scrimmage. The guy can make changes to the play based on how you're lining up. It's It adds an element to the game, maybe. But they're also stealing your signs during the game. And apparently that's completely above board and fine. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's a whole bunch of coaches who are probably pissed off about a variety of recruiting stuff that they feel that Michigan has done and they're also wanting to reinforce their own paranoia mechanisms in their brain. And Michigan's really good, and they'd like Michigan taken down a peg. All of sure that be. combined to make them really, really amped up and angry about this. But it's horse shit. You still have to stop it. And look, if Rutgers, you were upset about this. If they hadn't stolen your sign, what were they going to beat you by? <laughs> a million? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's dog shit. All right. Uh, We have a couple chat
2: questions. EVS says, Dave, how big is this game for UCLA this weekend in terms of perception of the direction of the program and Chip's job
1: security? I mean, I think it's... uh, So every time we've gotten to one of these points where it's a chance to go... um, uh, This doesn't even get them up. This is, I would think, uh, essentially... This and USC are basically one of the two is a must win to make this a successful season. Um, I think given the schedule parameters they were faced with, going anything less than nine and three is like, ugh. Um, Also, I mean, as of right now, the one team that they've beaten that's trending towards a winning season is Coastal Carolina. And them just barely, probably seven and five. Everyone else has been a bad team they've beaten and they've lost all the good teams. You know, they lost to Utah, they lost to Oregon State. Uh, If they lose to Arizona, that's another good team they will have lost to. If they beat them, that's a good team they've beaten. That would be the best win of the year so far. Yeah. Um, So there's, I mean, there's a lot of implications for it. Um, I don't think it's, um, it by itself is probably not an absolute must win. I think then it puts a lot more of the onus on USC in two weeks. Uh, But it's, you know it's it's a big game, and if they win this and beat USC in two weeks, then we're talking about a really successful year where they could potentially potentially go ten and two. Yeah. Um. So it matters. It's a significant game. Um, what about Cal? <laughs> if they did all that and lost to Cal, that'd be one of the funniest things. That'd be very packed twelve. That would be very UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> no, the real loss, the the one that you could predict if they beat Arizona is ASU okay asu at home the next week uh sandwich between arizona on the road and usc on the road yeah that's nice. the ucla spot nice all right we got one more
2: uh this is uh cam uh what beauty products do you both use Mm. uh water and soap i do that too yeah uh i bought because i buy a lot of crap on Amazon. And I think during the Amazon day, they had – do you ever see those commercials? It's like a man soap, like a squash. Sure. And I, it's like a square, big square bar. Uh, and I bought one. And I kind of like it. So I you. I, I, yeah. Um, now, it doesn't fit on my little soap dish in my shower. It, right. like, sticks over the edge. Oh. Uh. And I kind of have, like, OCD stuff, so that might – I might have to cut it in half or something. I don't know. Um, but I like the soap. Okay. Uh, it's pretty good. I Do you do – like, I do – shampoo like two in one usually.
1: Yeah. Same. Big same. Yeah. I mean my hair is going away. It's rapidly receding. But What about your beard? What's the uh Uh same thing? You could do that. Yeah, just shampoo it. Shampoo and conditioner.
2: Okay.
1: I do like It's the all hair. It's all the same thing. I do like the conditioner. Yeah. Um I have a
2: a, a actually a body sp- um not spray like uh whatever. Body wash like a little pump. Sure. Uh, so I bought a big um, – uh, with like a loofah on a stick.
1: Yeah, like to, yeah, yeah.
2: So I do that. I put some – The
1: loofah is a good option, yeah.
2: You can wash your back. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. It's great. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I, I do that. So I do have like a body. But I if I go somewhere, I like using washcloth and soap.
1: I used some of my daughter's chapstick the other day because my lips were dry. Oh, I have lots of chapstick. I always go through You're
2: chapstick. You're a big chapstick guy? I, the, uh, my favorite one. It's like tropical. The sun, uh,
1: a- Amy button. says beard products are different. Uh, Amy, that is again uh, one of the things that people do to sell you things. Uh, <laughs> but hair is no different. The hair is it's a little bristlier, uh, but it's it's the same thing. You just wash it the same way you wash anything else.
2: Are you like a washcloth person?
1: Uh, I do. I do the loofah thing too. Oh, you have a loofa? Yeah, thing. I do. With the loofah.
2: with a bar of soap?
1: No, loofah. no, not with a bar. Of, sorry, body wash. Like I you do do body wash. squeeze bottle of body wash, rub it in there. Yeah.
2: What do you use the bar- so you don't do bar soap?
1: Um, no. Okay. No bar soap for the hands. That's about it.
2: I do the bar soap, but the body wash I just use for my loofah thing. But I guess
1: I could loofah the whole thing. I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, it's all soap. It's all diff- different types of soap. We've all been convinced it's something else. It's just soap. It's funny it's soap. what you're talking. About. Yeah, like there's
2: a different. Um, oh, we got another uh, West, Tef- West West Texas Mike super chat. Um, pissing everyone off by super chatting again to have you address the difference in Lincoln Riley's and Bob Stoops' response to teams
1: stealing signs. West Texas Mike is now three times as attractive as he was at the beginning of this chat. Oh, from total? And three times as uh, charming, three times as uh, a paragon of virtue. And he's 50% more than Rick. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, He is is, um, is 150% a Rick. I don't know what Bob Stoops' response was. To Neither do thing. I. Yeah, uh, what right. was Bob Stoops' response to stealing signs? Bob Stoops stealing signs. Uh, he has a strong reaction. Let's see what he said. Uh, ch, ch- If it's true, oh, absolutely, it's a big deal. That's ridiculous. Everyone's saying, oh, it happens all the time. No, it doesn't. I've never heard of that. In all my years of football and every team I've ever been on, sure, do we look across this field and if you can see it, that's your job to do? You know what I'm saying. If I'm able to just in my plain eye look over there and know what they're doing, I should be doing that. But to video people and to send people to scout and marry up a signal with the play? No, no, no. That's terrible. It goes against everything we're about. That's wrong if it happened. Now look, I looked across and I knew Mike Leach's signals and he was bold enough not to change them, Stoop said. We would call out what they were running. You know, he was like, well, they still can't stop it. We did plenty, but that's different. You can see anything without filming and going to scout, but that's a different deal. You do that, that's as wrong as it gets.
2: And Lincoln Riley said, I would never have a problem with teams trying to steal our signs. You've got guys looking at signals and trying to gain any advantage. You can. That's like telling your defenders, hey, close your eyes when they come out in formation. So you don't know what information is. So he, he has a less more laissez-faire attitude towards it, and Bob Stoops more of like, that's terrible. Mm. Um, you're in the more like well, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's it's not even just whatever, it's bullshit.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, uh, everyone for uh and West Texas Mike for sure, for the super chats there. That's very nice of you. Um yeah, I hope you guys enjoy week ten, pacto twelve football going to be a huge weekend. Uh if you're going to be around Washington fans, come say hi. Yeah, you know, we never got to do a uh a gathering.
1: No, we didn't, and we're not going to. It's very hard. Yeah. Uh someone asked if I manscape. What is a manscape? Is that where you like uh take your body hair and like kind of sculpt it? Uh, you know, cleaning
2: um, your nether regions,
1: like of, of hair. No, or like... God no, God no. Wilding out. <laughs> nice. I had a friend, I have a friend, uh, who uh, removed all the hair from his body at one point. He wow. He just wanted to see what it felt like.
2: And what did it feel like?
1: He said it felt very cool. Oh. Like it was, He uh, just felt very smooth. Like Michael Phelps. Yeah. Not that I know what he feels like, but I assume any f- swimmer, you're shaving all your hair. I did in the dorms in college. I had somebody uh, wax my chest. It was just something we were doing. Was that like a dare or what? Yeah, it was like just something we were doing, bored in the dorms. Um, Hurt like hell. Hurt real bad.
2: Um, We have a concerned listener. Oh, wait. The right one didn't pull up. Uh, Kevin, let's see if we can. Of course, the last one I'm trying to pull up is having trouble. Uh, He says, um, Kevin, Jesus, I missed the whole show. Well, good thing you can go watch it on replay. And before we go, you can give us a super chat right now, just for your absence, you know, for your tardiness. That's true. That would be great. Yeah, please. Kevin. Uh, but thanks, Kevin, for doing that. But yeah, go back and listen. pac We can you know you can look listen to the shows. You can watch the shows. Whatever you want to do. Um, follow us over on the Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. The
1: Twitter. No,
2: don't ever call it X. Just Twitter. Yeah. Is that weird? Like, if you change, like, if you own some company and you change the name, and everyone just kept calling it the old name. Yeah. You'd probably change it back.
1: It's stupid. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, the Lakers. Where do they play? (laughs) (laughs) Staples. At Staples Center, right?
2: (laughs) I don't call it the crypt. No. (laughs)
1: no, (laughs) It's it's Staples Center. It'll always be Staples Center. And yeah, is that some corporate-ass name? Yeah, but it became the name. It doesn't matter what... It doesn't matter if Staples... Is Staples even a store? Do they exist anymore?
2: It might. I'm not sure if it does. It doesn't
1: matter. It's still Staples Center.
2: The best one was... Like the great Western forum, because like, if you were from like, um, I don't know, Virginia yeah. and you were just like, Oh, I, I don't really like the NBA. Oh, the Lakers, they're kind of fun. Oh, magic Johnson. Like, Oh, they play at the great Western forum. Like it's, Oh, that's way out West somewhere. Not realizing like that was actually a corporate name, but it didn't sound like a corporate name. So that's, that's one of the best corporate names. Cause it didn't sound like a corporate name.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, does great Western bank still exist? almost definitely not It was probably like uh one that went under um yeah the name of the uh, the giant stadium what was it where it was like actually like that just kind of became the name and now it's something stupid it's like oracle now oh candlestick park weren't we calling it just pack bell for a while i thought pack bell was pretty good i think so oh so oh so after so
2: candlestick was like the thing
1: yeah well Uh, no no but that's the that's the one on the that's the other stadium, not the current baseball stadium.
2: Okay. It Was it AT- was it t It, AT&T? it was at
1: and I remember there was one Bell. that like kind of became the accepted, and they still like were calling it that, but I don't remember if it was SBC Global or fucking Pac Bell or whatever. It,
2: it might have been Pac SBC Global doesn't sound like. No,
1: Pac Bell I thought was legit. Uh,
2: where the L.A. football club plays, it was like Bank of California Stadium, and now it's like BMO or some, I don't know, they changed. Yeah. It's a different bank or the bank yeah. got acquired. Out of, I don't know. Who knows? That stuff. When you you call something like twenty years Staple Center, it's like, okay, it's Staple Center, you know. Yeah, it's, it's the like, Staple Center forever. Oh, now. what's the one um in uh like off the uh, four oh five freeway, like the where the Galaxy would play? That was Home Depot Center.
1: Yeah, it's Home Depot Center.
2: Yeah. And now I don't know what No, it's it. Home Depot Center. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's Home Depot
2: Center. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap things up. Uh, for David David Woods. Do uh, you want to smile or something? No,
1: but a lot of people want me to do a Brazilian, and they said, so we learned today that Dave doesn't shave his balls. We did learn that. I'm, I I would never shave my balls. Really? I've never taken something sharp or even remotely to that area. Are they, you out of your mind?
2: They have they have products that are, man, there's a manscaping product line. I'm that, not doing that. That's made for that. No. Okay. So we know where your stance is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's David Woods with the hairy balls. I'm Ryan. <laughs> do you do you shave your balls? <laughs> I've manscaped before. They they've sponsored my podcast at one point, or they was like it was some influencer post. So they sent me like a free manscaped thing. All right, uh,
1: so sound off in the chat. It can't hurt though. Sound off in the chat if you shave your balls. We're we're, we're signing off.
2: We Sa- go. sound off
1: in the chat. We. Got...
2: <laughs> Amy, you're, this doesn't apply to you. Or any other uh,
1: female? Yeah, boy. here's the thing. I don't want. I don't want stubble on my balls or stubble in that area. Mm. Right? Sure, I guess. So why would you ever do it? Because EVS brings up the great point, which is uh, well, you, you can't once stop. you start, you can't stop. It's like
2: going to a chiropractor. Like you're just screwed. You got to keep going,
1: keep getting adjusted. Ryan is bright red. Are you? Are you embarrassed right now with this discussion? No,
2: I'm good. Wow. I told uh, I. I have a manscape thing.
1: Wow, a there. lot of yeses here. Wow. See? Whew. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Uh I mean there's risk involved. I'm not doing that. that's th- fine. You don't have to. I will I will diminish into the west and remain gladrial. <laughs> All right. Uh well,
2: hope you guys have a great Pac-12 weekend. I hope you get Pac-Love Network because there are a lot of games on that. Uh, For David David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Don't shave your balls.
0: (laughs) The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My
2: feeling as a detective is that He was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine
0: chilling docuseries showcasing real life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.